Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Are you guys ready to revise those Pixar best of lists? 14 years later, is Incredibles 2 a serious contender for the top 10, or do we have a Cars situation on our hands? Along the way in this episode, you'll get spoilers for both The Incredibles and Incredibles 2. A while back, and I mean a while back, we did what I think to date is our longest episode ever by... Like two and a half hours. Two and a half hour episode of You Hate Movies, trying to rank every single Pixar episode. Episode movie. A lot of dang movies. Uh, best to worst. We had a lot of people with a lot of best of Pixar lists. And now we have to revise them because there are more Pixar movies. It's never ending. And everyone that is here tonight was on that episode. Abby is back on the show. I'm here. What was your number one? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> she had the good dinosaur at number one at the time. Oh. Does that still feel accurate or Yeah. Do you think that's just what you thought at the moment when someone asked you to write down a list? No, I still like that one the best. I think it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's interesting that you would say that because you often take issue with that adjective. No, there's a difference between saying it's fun to watch and just it's fun. Okay. Oh gosh. All right. Your argument is just getting thinner every time. Yeah. Patrick's on the show. You made a Pixar list. I did make a Pixar list. And Tyler, you did as well. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And guess what? Josiah DePauli is on the show. He made a Pixar list. I did. And his number one was? Incredibly. Oh, I feel like I you're, thought I you were, were building to something. You were going to say it. No. It was and his number one was? It was The Incredibles. Yeah, he loves oh, Incredibles. Incredibles. Not only is Josiah, Josiah our resident Disney enthusiast, but he also is the resident Incredibles enthusiast. That's all things Disney. Not just films. Parks as well. I said Disney enthusiast. Yeah. yeah I just He's got a yeah. collection of Mickey That's Mouse hat ears, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh. yeah. For every birthday. Every I feel birthday. as though his enthusiasm for Disney parks might outweigh his enthusiasm for Disney films. What do you think about that accusation? Mm, kill, if you had to kill one to save the other. <laughs> yeah. Would save it be or the parks kill. Or the movies? Movies. Would, would all the movie references get removed from the parks? No, they're uh, there. They just mean okay. less. <laughs> they're, they're only. <laughs> they're just very confusing. Only <laughs> Kill the movies in the parks. <laughs> Kill them all. Now, when Liam uh, is on the show, he acts as the Star Wars fanatic. Mm-hmm. He has to speak on behalf of Star Wars fanaticism. Do you feel like you're incredible an Incredibles fanatic, or you just like it? Would that mean I have to speak on behalf of all Incredibles? Yeah, yeah. You, you're the Incredibles, the voice of you're Incredibles fanaticism. Person. I mean, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. It sounds pretty fanatic to me. <laughs> all right, let me put it this way then. If you're drafting a list of your top 10 to 15 favorite movies of all time, mm-hmm. do you think Incredibles would be somewhere on that list? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe. I haven't done it, so I don't know. Is but any Disney movie on there? Probably, oh yeah. Gosh, Three Caballeros, probably. Oh, yeah. It's on there. Yeah, I forgot that I'm asking a guy who you know? needs a lot of planning before he yeah. does things. Yeah, uh-huh. whip out a list like that. <laughs> <laughs> rip it out, man. So, anyway. Oh, <laughs> whip it out. 2004 was a long time ago, and that's when Incredibles came out. Abby, do you remember seeing Incredibles in 2004, or did you? I think we did. Yep. Who the heck is the we in this? <laughs> I think my family saw it okay. in theaters. 2004, okay. you're Mostly because in high my school. brother was like 10 or something. You were a little bit younger. 15 years old or something like that. 
Oh gosh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. He was like seven. Patrick, do you remember when we saw Incredibles? Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. I felt as the Excuse me. I guess that's weird. <laughs> my my memory of it was that Pixar Pixar was still a a relatively novel new concept to the degree that it was almost like uh, when Shyamalan was on his good streak. Yeah. People were like, let's go see that Incredibles movie. And we'd be like, what? And you're like, it's that new Pixar thing, the Toy Story people. And everyone would go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like like they made a superhero movie. I feel like you would only recognize Pixar once you got to the theater and you saw the little jumping lamp. Yeah, the lamp shows up and you're like, great, great, great. Okay. You're like, oh, 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 it was these guys again. Okay. Yeah. So, Tyler, do you remember seeing? No, I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I may have, but I don't remember. When did you guys go see it? I feel... Before pre-podcast days, I feel I weird about high school in '04, so I don't remember I know. seeing it. That's what I'm saying. You don't, you don't have like a specific first viewing, no memory. Mm-hmm. Did you guys just see it at on some point? It came into I your consciousness. I saw it. I feel like I saw it when it came out. Maybe not in theaters. Maybe right after. It was number six in the Pixar p- p- filmography. Hmm. Toy Story, Bugs Live, Toy Story Two, Monsters Incorporated, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. Pretty well. This was after Finding Nemo. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember seeing it when it came out, Josiah? Yeah. I saw it at a Cinemark theater in Corvallis, Oregon. Nice. See, his most detailed. Did you like love it right away, or was it one of those things where you just kept watching it and it grew on you? Did your love for Pixar increase once Disney bought them? No. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying (laughs) to remember. Uh, That was a. It was a tumultuous time because that was when they were doing the weird. when they like almost made like Disney was trying to like make their own Pixar movies. Do you remember that? Yeah. When yeah. they were like going to make their own toy story. They weren't good at it. Yeah. So I had no idea what was going to happen. Didn't they made, didn't they make uh, meet the Robinsons back then? They did. And stuff like that. That yeah, wasn't Disney good. was, Disney was trying and not doing too well. Yeah. Check yeah. I was uh, recently, my kids started watching meet the Robinsons cause it's on Netflix and it's a fine little kids movie or whatever, but it doesn't mm. look great. In fact, no. it looks bad. <laughs> and if I was just thinking like, oh, that was a long time ago. We weren't good at this yet. But then I realized it came out the same year as Ratatouille. Ratatouille still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal movie. And yeah. then you put <laughs> meet the Robinsons. You're like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. Go sit down with this. It thing. seems like, like just a straight to Netflix movie. It or does. Something. Or uh, Bolt. Same same story. Yeah, Bolt was very yeah. forgettable. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. did you like Incredibles right away? Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I remember feeling like walking out on a high note. It felt like an old, good old-fashioned movie-going experience where we actually went with the big crowd. It was like a get-together type of thing. We're all going to go see this new movie. And everyone was like, wow, what, what fun we just had. That's what I remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What a fun movie. So how did everyone feel walking out of Incredibles 2? Yeah. What fun, yeah. no? I actually felt kind of the same way. I walked out like it was it was a lot of fun. Uh Abby's favorite descriptor of, uh, of any movie anywhere. Give us your Fine. adjectives, Abby. My adjectives. What's your tweetable review? It was exciting and not boring. <laughs> and <laughs> Two ways good. of saying the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and not boring. Happy. Happy. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was. I had the same reaction. I think. So, yeah, it was a good time. The yeah. the first Incredibles is a very strong superhero movie, and mm-hmm. they they did it again, not quite as well, but good. 
I actually disagree. I liked this one better than the original. What? Storyline's not as strong, but it's, it's there's a lot of good Isn't stuff. Isn't it in like there. the same storyline? Yeah, it's sort of flipped. Sort of. <laughs> there's several yeah. reasons why I like it. I watched the original the day before because I was I took my kids to see it, so I wanted him to see the original. We watched it together, and it's still great. You watch it now; it's still really entertaining. Holds up. Visually, it, obviously, it's come a long way, but it still looks pretty good. It was really nice seeing these characters better. done better. Yeah. 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 Rendered, visually done better. Not only are they done better, but it feels as though Pixar has gotten to the point where when like humans were the hurdle they just couldn't get <laughs> over for the longest yeah. time. Andy's mom was horrifying, and uh, even Ratatouille is like, it's that's what it had a lot of human characters, and they were still looking weird. Mm-hmm. By the time we hit Inside Out, it was like, oh, these guys look pretty good, but in... Incredibles 2 is for some reason especially to me Bob Odenkirk's character is like the perfect depiction of like if a cartoon character were a real life thing you know what I mean there's like this the environments are all total photo totally photorealistic Uh, the effects and the lighting have just gone way above and beyond and then these characters are decidedly cartoony in a stylized way where they look like that's exactly what they're supposed to look like not where like Andy's mom and you're like Oh, bless them. They're trying. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. trying, and that freak is horrifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even the way that they like behave, the animation is like specifically cartoony in a way that feels right. nice. Yeah, it worked. Looked good. Kind of classic. Yeah. I feel like the first Incredibles didn't feel like as weird as some of those, like the Andy's mom moments. Like they were, it was stylized enough for me. Like you go back and watch it. Like you said, it's obviously really rough, but. I think there was the characters were so stylized that it's it help it holds up better than I think some of those earlier ones do. Yeah, I mean, well, the characters in Toy Story <laughs> feel like they're all just like off the same assembly line of freakishness. Yeah. Whereas by the time we get to Incredibles, they have very di- even their like shapes and proportions are all different. Yeah, it kind of yeah. sets you up that it's not supposed to be super realistic, or they're not even trying to. They're just it's a it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. And the story of Incredibles is super relatable and fun. I think that I agree with Tyler in saying that the premise itself is not as strong uh, in the sequel as the original. But the actual execution of the storytelling, to me, is just... I've only Given I've only seen the sequel once and I've seen the original a few times, but it felt more like uh, it moved effortlessly from beat to beat in an entertaining way. Uh, And some of the comedic bits were just really, really well done. The whole fight with the raccoon. That was the best. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was hilarious. Yeah. That was yeah. like super, super That's all. That's all strong my movie kids made. talked about coming out of it. Yeah. Jack Jack, you fought that raccoon? Yeah. It, it felt like it could have been a short, like those uh-huh. <laughs> shorts that play at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But it was so good. Yeah. They had actually like planned that, from what I read, for the first one, and it got cut, and they said, like, hey, if we ever do another one, this has to be in it. Oh, really? And they, yeah. And oh, then it showed up. And it was great. It, it was paid good. off. I, I thought the whole storyline of Jack-Jack discovering his abilities, well, really, the family discovering his abilities and then trying to figure out how to let him use them without burning the house down. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was all very interesting. Yeah, it left, seemed like yeah. if somebody explained that to me, it would sound lame. But watching it, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. It, was, his, it was a the, because the Incredibles are a family. And obviously, that's the dynamic they went with here. They, they're the common nuclear family in the first one, and then they flipped the the parental roles in this second one. And so he's seeing him be the father, but raising 
a family of superheroes. It's like, oh, that's funny. It's cute. Yeah. I was going to say that the Jack Jack Power stuff, especially when he went in his weird void, was probably one of my favorite Atmos moments because I feel like I usually go sit in the Atmos movies I've sat in. I can't really, I don't feel yeah. like I can tell he, a difference he, between like yeah. normal surround sound and Atmos, but that was really cool. You He's could hear floating him, behind like you. moving yeah. around the theater. It well, was that's really fun. Awesome. I, that was I good, didn't yeah. see it in Atmos. Now I feel like I missed out. I saw it in Atmos. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great. I felt it felt like the Jack Jack's powers kept giving you enough craziness that is that every few moments he was doing some kind of new bonkers thing that was like uh, putting the other characters in these situations where you're going, oh, what the heck? You know, mm. like he multiplies now. What the heck? It was, <laughs> and it was so effortlessly hilarious. Yeah. That the you know, the scene where he keeps getting out of bed is really funny. <laughs> right because that's a to real watch thing outer limits. that parents deal with yeah yep. they just they just they, and they made the whole uh parental child dynamic with the superhero bent and it's works Super really well funny. yeah it was hilarious i also Super can't funny. remember um i don't remember the first one at all like not even a single thing about it <laughs> but <laughs> not a single thing <laughs> not that this family's in it or i remember that if the family's in do it. do you remember the bad guy yeah. Jason Lee syndrome. Um, anyway, uh, is, the, is the little girl, is she like, Violet? Is this, yeah, is this new that she's like, you know, yeah, this is her like her teen? pubescent adolescent thing. Well, she, yeah, she uh, had s- self esteem issues in the first one that mm-hmm. she overcame by becoming a super, okay. and now she's uh, dealing with a whole new set of problems. She's going back to school and stuff, so because they men and blacked her boyfriend, right. Yeah. At the oh, beginning yeah, of the yeah, film. Yeah. Yep. That was funny. So, that was t- so tell me this. I'm kind of confused. Uh, the bad guy, the, the girl mm-hmm. that said the bad words, right? There was no, the controversy. She, was a, she wasn't yeah. responsible for the... He uh, said the bad words. The screenwriting? No, the, I mean, the other characters, there's... Oh, no, she said one of them. She said You're one of the PG s- swear words. Screen slaver? Yeah, yeah screen slaver, which bothered me a uh. ton because I thought... Why is the name a reference to a technology that doesn't exist in this world? Like, obviously, that's Social meant to make us how. to think of screensavers, but they don't have screensavers. They yeah. might have. <laughs> they have <laughs> computers. Maybe they do have screensavers. No. So, yeah, that was one thing that uh, I thought the movie didn't do well, is that it was like cool. Uh, what was cool was it was like homage to lots of superhero movies. You can tell like, oh, that came from this or that, and they're doing their version of it. But remember the first one, it felt like they were locked in that era. So like some of the stuff that we would expect to see, like held them back from what they could do. But this one, they just kept, they just did everything. Yeah, we've got got everything. We've got iPhones and crap. Yeah, they just said, yeah, state-of-the-art technology. And it's like, that technology didn't exist. They had a lot of of gadgets and stuff in the first one, too. I always thought it was more of like a Batman the Animated Series kind of a deal where it was like, it's like stylistically in this era, but... We have we access have to like sci-fi. Yeah, it Jack. just seemed like it could have it could have been even more unique to its story if they kind of like kept it within its range of the time or whatever. It's yeah. like it follows. You can't tell what era. Yeah, it what is. the heck? Yeah. When the heck is this supposed to be set? Is it old the or 1920s. not? The nineteen twenties. The twenties. Not. And I'm about to be this guy, but I was a little disappointed when I felt like the second time that we saw. Um, the uh, the screen slaver twist lady the sister 
Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's got to be it. Yeah. That's yeah. I thought so too. I thought the whole uh, we got to give the superheroes a new public persona exposition was felt forced. Like, why does Bob Odenkirk yeah. care so much? Oh, because his parents. I guess that's enough of a reason for him to spend all this time and money trying to make superheroes relevant again. So it's so an ideological thing, man. Yeah, so the plot yeah, is... Just in, it felt weak. He's trying to bring the superheroes back to honor his family, or like that's just his He's passion. a believer. He's been yeah, raised he's a believer. to be a believer. And right. his sister's there just trying to sabotage it because she doesn't want it to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, sure, but that's what that's what made me suspicious all along, is this, this whole we just want to help you thing felt like it, it was too good to be true. Well, and wasn't it she to be. kind of controlling... Well, it was semi-true. It was half-true. Yeah. Wasn't she controlling situations almost for her brother so that, you know, what's her butt would come in and save the day and then she would pull back a little bit and then create another scenario. So She, she would wanted it all to day. lead up to that signing of those accords or whatever they were right? with everyone in one place so oh, that yeah, they could yeah. sabotage everything. So once and for all, she could scare the world of superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Catherine or whatever her name is from that's been in John Malkovich and Get Out and everything. I liked her performance as that that character. I didn't really care for that character, to be honest. Yeah. I thought that the uh, the screen slaver that you think is the real screen slaver that the fight sequence inside that cube with the visuals Mm -hmm. and everything. I actually really liked that. I thought it looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a cool comic booky villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really. Like great action sequences in that movie. Mm-hmm. The action beats were phenomenal. The, the the motorcycle chi- chase. Yeah, on the, the train. Beginning. That was yeah. great. That was like straight up action movie quality. Yeah, yeah. It was thrilling. And what they did with all of that was pretty clever because it's the same, it's the same premise as the first one where they're everyone's upset at at the superheroes for wrecking stuff while they're saving stuff. They did the try to do the same thing with Age of Ultron, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they they continued it with this by saying, "Oh, we want um, Elastigirl to do it because she's the one that manages to not wreck things while she's mm-hmm. saving it." And so it turned into the statistics game, like, "Oh, your your probabilities are a lot higher to to not cause damage while you will save this train." I thought, "Oh, that's interesting. They're having to do having to go through those hoops in order to save superheroes' reputations." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a that's a fun storyline, I guess. Yeah. It was, and it was interesting to see uh, action sequences that are entirely relegated to her and her powers because, Which frankly, are pretty impressive powers. Mm-hmm. They're cool and they're, but they're kind of weird. Like the it's just the parachute thing a lot. I know the first time she did, or she, when she does that in the movie, when she saves the children from the exploding plane, she like cannonballs around them, and then it cuts to them like kind of regaining consciousness, <laughs> and she's become a parachute <laughs> talking to them. That's always still to this day when I watch it, I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then as she's a boat. Yeah. It's like yeah. Wind Waker. She turns, she's a rubber <laughs> she turns <laughs> into a rubber dinghy. <laughs> the boat is a weirder one. And they're having to the run her across the water. The Wind Waker boat. <laughs> then you just start to get all these questions about like, is that friction painful? How much yeah. can she sustain? Like she survives in explosions. That's fine. But the charm of Incredibles is that it's like this real superhero narrative that's couched in like family drama you know with young kids and everything and this movie had the interesting new dichotomy of having to jump back and forth between elastigirl all by herself doing the action stuff and Mm -hmm. mr incredible as the stay-at-home dad doing math (laughs) and he was funny that was like it gave him the 
opportunity to become the comic relief of the movie or him mm-hmm. just watching him become increasingly visibly strained. Craig T. Nelson. He's funny. It was okay. good. Yeah, so the um they're fighting the, the mole man at the beginning, right? The underminer. The underminer. underminer yeah. Which got away. He that's got away right. and that was just it. He's just still out and about, right? Yeah. Got away mm-hmm. with all that money and that's he's that. still at large. <laughs> well that was they the just, point. They didn't even stop. They him. just yeah. used the underminer to to get Bob Odenkirk's character out yeah. to see them. Yeah. And Order. we I mean that's the last thing you see in the original movie. We we No, it's cool. We wanted an answer. Like, to why that. didn't you just go got get away him again, yeah. you know? Oh, he's in the original movie? Yeah, so that's how it end. ends. Yeah. I'm learning. The whole <laughs> yeah. family was too. Jack Jack yeah, was there. They're all there. The family's there. The mode. Yeah. How uh, how do you feel about the way that it, it played out at the end because you're you're sitting there watching Mr. Incredible raise his kids and the last girl save the day and you think, Oh, well when are they all gonna come together and fight? And then it ends up being just the kids that have to come save the day. Yeah, it's kinda the to me it felt like there was a lot of weird plots that they just kind of like tossed up and they didn't all entirely land. Mm-hmm. And even that the whole like dichotomy of him staying home and like her going to work and then it just kind of all comes together in this action set piece at the end and it just didn't seem like it entirely landed to me. But it was fun. I like that. <laughs> do, you I like think it, do you think it got too complicated with the addition of all those extra supers? I didn't. Those extra supers were kind of wearing on me a little bit. There, yeah. Some of them were super goofy. Yeah. It started to get into kind of like a mystery men kind of a yep. scenario. Agree. That's a perfect way yeah. of describing it. The freaking acid reflux that's guy. The, yeah. That's the guy that sent it over the edge. That was me. a little much. <laughs> it felt, it felt like uh Deadpool too. Yeah. With the joke characters. Yeah. The exports. Yeah. <laughs> I liked yeah. the Smash guy. I thought his the guy who could only he had like a kinetic <laughs> ability like to moment. only crush things. Like, yeah, can you? Uncrush? Yeah, uncrush? can you <laughs> unpunch something? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. Yeah, one of the Owl Man. One of the interesting yeah, things Owlman. I read about is there's that uh, I forget what his super- superhero name is. There's that electric guy. He originally the movie was about like an AI. And then it changed to be about like these business people. And then it was like a pair of business brothers and they switched one of the brothers to a sister. And apparently they'd gone so far down the road of building out these brothers characters that that is that electric guy who's one of the tossaways was going to be the sister's role. He was originally, what's her face? Evelyn Deaver. Oh yeah. And now he's just a random superhero. He's electric man. Yeah. Yeah, they fit. Yeah. Even when they first brought the extra superheroes out in that scene, and there's the awkward fangirl. Oh, she I started yeah. to be like, oh. She's my second here. most annoying character yeah, of the summer. Yeah, she was bothersome, and <laughs> these guys look goofy, and there was that one guy who was clearly like a play on the thing from Fantastic Four. He was called yeah. Brick or something like yeah. that. I think that was a lady. Was that I one? liked uh, I thought that was a lady. <laughs> Androgynous Brick. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that I seemed to. To like the only one that felt worthwhile to me was the one that would threw the portals. That was oh, that her. Was that was like the annoying yeah. fangirl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked her. Void. Yeah. Yeah, she had a cool power. She had a cool yeah. power. The power was interesting. Yeah. And she and she made use of it in that final scene, mm-hmm. which was great. The others were like, oh, like yeah, okay, well, owl band. <laughs> Here it comes. What's kind of funny when we did all that screeching though. I liked that there was every every now and then these moments to remind you of the period super stylized set decorations like the diner the restaurant that they where they go find Violet's you know 
pseudo boyfriend and the uh that he's at home watching the outer limits things like that and there's like yeah. actual the actual outer limits theme yeah. is visibly playing and johnny quest is actually yeah. visibly mm-hmm. playing on the i had a guy in my theater go johnny quest but that's confusing because i didn't think about that i laughed at the math joke because that's what parents are saying these days because math, math is, is math. different math, they <laughs> teach math differently yeah that but was that's such like that was such like a wink wink nudge nudge just at like current parents i felt like yeah. i was just like okay but it's weird because it's right. set in the 50s so math wasn't different i don't know that it is set in the 50s when do it we was think it's different set? than you know 30 years yeah. before that you know Maybe. It always changes. Did yeah. you feel like they were they were trying to do some commentary in this one? It seems like they were s- trying to tell us some things about well, gender roles and parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is oh, I thought you were going to talk about the whole screen slaving thing. Oh, no. <laughs> well, because I, mean, I thought it was actually too. pretty clever that they use the same like uh, alarmist commentary on televisions in a way that would clearly provoke the audience to think about our screens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're like everywhere you look, mm-hmm. there's a screen, and the screens are telling you what to do. It's like, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty smart. Well, like yeah, that they're all in a trance, being controlled by the screens. Yeah, yeah. that's very relevant commentary yeah. to 2018. I'm saying I thought there was lots of social commentary in it, and I thought it was pretty good, like done well and subtly. You know. Well, I feel like the strongest one was just the the parental roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I and that he wasn't happy. That's what was surprising to me about it is that he was like annoyed that she was. Um, getting notoriety. And stuff. Well, he was he he was threatened by it. Yeah, it was that that challenge of being able to support your wife that that flipped. Yeah, the, he the would man. He was expected, in the shadow of her. That man right. expected always to be better than the wife, but it was flipped, where he was in the shadow of her instead. Mm-hmm. It was in a different time that may or may not have been somewhere around the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who could say? <laughs> but I thought it did it really well. Or maybe yeah. it's 2018 yeah. in an alternate universe where things look like they did. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. around the turn of the century. And I came out of the theater the with the a four-year-old. said, child, what did you think of this movie? And she said, moms make the best superheroes. That was her takeaway. Wow. The screenslaver got so her. That's so sweet. Uh, well, I'm saying like the movie, that was the message that she got from it, from the movie, and they didn't actually say that in the movie. No, but, but that's no. super sweet. Super, super sweet. Super. I get it. Super uh-huh. incredibly sweet. It's <laughs> incredible. I, uh, oh, that's like the movie. I got it. I found myself kind of surprised at like the lack of, it wasn't a complete lack, but like the, but the lack of like comic book kind of references. Because that was one thing I liked about the first movie so much is there were so many kind of fun, like, winks and, and nudges at comic books and superheroes. Like, the whole idea of, you know, like, saving somebody and they turn around and sue you or, like, the villain, like, monologuing and that kind of stuff. And I was a little bit worried uh, yeah. going into this one because that the first one happened so far before, like, the explosion of superhero movies. That was, like, right when the first Batman Begins came out and, like, there wasn't really everything that had happened so I was a little afraid that this was going to turn into like a Shrek kind of a scenario where it was <laughs> yeah. like they're just making fun of like Marvel movies the whole time you mean a Shrek scenario where it makes the most money ever for an animated <laughs> film yeah it's still but, yeah, that that it's working out <laughs> um, but yeah I thought it was going to be I was kind of worried it was going to be like a parade of like Marvel Marvel quips and DC gags and whatnot, and they yeah. didn't really go that way at all that was more of the Big Hero 6 s- scenario 
Yeah. Remember that? That was yeah, just, but that is a Marvel property. Yeah. 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 But I, I agree. I feel like you said when we were talking about The Incredibles the first time that it does that whole superhero storyline the best of all of the superhero movies out right now that the public distrust in superheroes. Even better than Watchmen. I was about to say, are you forgetting about one Watchmen? of our favorite you hate movies? Classic? Well, yeah, Watchmen's great. I'm Watchmen. telling, a, I'm telling, I'm trying to reminisce of what Josiah's opinion was. <laughs> yeah, I don't even Kay. remember. I feel, I feel like you said <laughs> something along those lines, and yeah. uh, I, I agree. They do it. They do it very well. Them or Watchmen, I, I couldn't say, but Watchmen. Watchmen does it better. This, uh, I don't know if you guys got caught off guard. I feel like this movie got a little Watchmeny when like. Uh, she meets the the sister for the first time. The last girl meets the sister, and they sit down. All of a sudden, they're like in this super deep. It felt like grad level, like discussion about like superhero politics. And I was just remember sitting in the theater, going like, "What the like? Where are we for two minutes?" Oh yeah, and she's like, and like, "Are you asking me that? as an idealist or asking me as a or yeah?" And they were having like ethical and philosophical yeah, like, questions about is this whether or not the system works and how the system should work. That was. So strange. Yeah, that's it was when such it was a strange like strange tone shift. It had moved from oh, I bet that's her to so it's definitely her, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then it it seemed so ham fisted that it was her that I was thinking, oh cool, maybe it's like I'm overthinking it in the movie. Going maybe it's like a twist and they're purposefully trying to misdirect us, make us think it is her, and it's really going to be the brother or something else entirely. Oh, no, no, it's exactly it's what her. it seems like yeah. it's going to be. I went, that's funny, I went through that same journey because I feel like Pixar, when they do like little twists, they're always kind of fun and clever, and I was sitting here thinking like, yeah, she can't she can't actually be the villain because that seems too easy, but she was. That What's was, funny was is Josh leaned over at one point and was like, it was like obvious that something was about to change, yeah. and I think I said like, wait, who is it? And Josh goes, the sister. And I thought he was talking about... You thought Violet? Violet. Violet. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why she's like been gone and acting like she like wants to get her mom back. And yeah. one he's of the like, the other sister. <laughs> Speaking of Violet, one of the best animated parts of the movie I thought was when she puts her suit in the garbage like, disposal and is doing that weird like, flappy arm thing. I was like, man, yeah, not the animators who did that. Yeah. It was so good. That was good. I like the the space age house when he was trying to work it and the floors are. He's falling yeah, into fun. the water. Yeah, the <laughs> carpet or the couch goes into the thing. That, that was funny. funny. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you guys both thought it was funny yeah, simultaneously. <laughs> the uh, you know the Edna character Edna or whatever. Mode. She's fine and funny, and she's funny in the first one. She was she had a moment in this one, but it, it feels as though this is uh, a Josiah and me. That's being a grumpy about it just because it's a thing, but it's too much. Like the theater, it felt like the theater was on pins and needles waiting for this yeah. character. And when she came on the screen, people started to like audibly react to it. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, like and crack up at everything she said. I'm like, good lord, it's not that incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. funny. She's funny. Yeah. She's funny, I guess. Time. But it's like some her delivery is like just the fact that she's saying words is funny. Right. That one of the gags that they put in the trailer is the. Oh, was combustion man? He's like, a man's fire robot. And everyone's just cracking up. It's like, yeah. it's not even really a joke, is it? No, yeah. it's not that funny. No. It's, just, She's it's just, just a good voice, Brad Bird. It's <laughs> so good. Sarcastic. She liked the baby. Then the baby was walking all fabulous because she'd spent a few yeah. hours at this. Right. Place. So good <laughs> there was a, one thing I read is there was a whole other storyline they were working on with, you know, she reacts to Elastigirl gets her suit made by somebody else. 
that character was supposed to be like built out and there's supposed to be like these competing fashion things where it's like, you know, she's in the first one. So like slimmed down and all about the powers and no capes and everything. And he's supposed to be like over the top, like capes and just like absurd. Like I wondered because that seemed like such a passing plot point that they'd even include. Some of the stuff I saw was like they got into like there was a whole fashion show sequence and I was like, it was probably good that that got cut because that seems a little yeah overboard. They'd make, make the m- woman do that. Make more room for raccoons. Am I yeah. right? Yep. Right. More raccoon sequences. For a second there, I thought of Scrat. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know that stupid squirrel from the Ice Age movies? Uh, he's, a, he's a Disney character now. <laughs> yeah, he came home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he finally found that acorn, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the dang trailer for those movies is him looking for an acorn always yeah. with that dumb saber tooth squirrel yeah, or whatever it is. yeah those and movies then, are, and then he went to space yeah <laughs> those movies are only like 68 minutes long so that's like a quarter <laughs> of the movie right there yeah those trailers <laughs> i don't even know why i know its name i've uh, never seen one of those movies really so uh, do you think they're gonna make an incredibles 3 is it gonna turn it into a trilogy now it's making yeah so much money yeah i've never seen a movie make this much money in the summer the one where you do our box office bets and they'll hit like 400 million. We're like, dang, that's a lot. This is al- almost a six. What? Yeah. It's it almost is? a $600 million. It's number one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By, yeah, long shot. by far. We The time that we've spent doing summer box office bets never has a movie made this much money. Dang. You know what's really in, uh, confusing about that to me is everyone that I hear that sees it likes the movie, but it doesn't feel like the kind of insane hype that surrounds a lot of these movies that get legs mm-hmm. and take off and just keep doing victory laps like remember when uh jurassic world was the surprise hit and made all that money or it also guardians f- of the galaxy or guardians it yeah. also felt like both those movies people were going like oh dude it's so good you got you know there was all this like conversational hype every time i i haven't heard anyone talk about it in passing and if i bring it up and say did you see it they go yeah that's pretty good yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it seemed like it was kind of a or it is in the middle of like a perfect storm of it's like one of the only family movies I feel like this summer next to like Hotel Transylvania 3 which yeah. is also making a ton of money apparently. <laughs> mm. um, and I did kind of wonder if like one they've also been like marketing it like crazy. Yeah. Like they've merch. really been pushing the market. I mean a lot of merch. I think didn't we see stickers on like bananas or something? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's crazy. Toothbrushes. Yeah, and, all uh, these kids have been seeing trailers for superhero movies they can't see. That is the other thing I was and wondering about. Now they about. can. Yeah. Is like yeah. all these kids are like salivating trying to see Guardians of the Galaxy and they're probably not old enough or yeah. not allowed. Parents and are then, calling for you know, Deadpool to be a PG-13. <laughs> yeah. And then they show up and get this curse word filled. Yeah, and movie. then they have to sit yeah. through this vulgar yeah. film. <laughs> That's been one of the, the best parts for me is watching Brad Bird talk to people on Twitter after this movie got released. I know, it's, it's like it's infuriating. And incredible that it is continues uh, to be such a point of interest among I was uh, interested when I heard or saw him interacting with people on Twitter being like, seriously, what's up with the cuss words? And I was like, what? There's cuss words in it? That's pretty interesting. And in my head, I immediately thought what it ended up being. I thought it must be like a damn or hell or something because... Yeah, I, I would be so shocked if they were actual like non-prime time eligible swear words. The big deal they were making, it sounded like it was going to be you know, a bad word. Then sure enough, it's like it is a damn and a hell and they both happen so fast and su- in such like rapid scenes of dialogue that most people don't even catch them. In fact, I told yeah. Abby about it on the way there. I'm like, yeah, some people were upset because it has these like PG swear words in it. 
She's like, oh, that's so weird. And then in the theater when he was like, hell of a show or something, whatever he says, I like leaned over and looked at her like, oh, my God, you know, and she went, what? <laughs> she didn't even yeah. hear it yeah. as you it happened. As a What's parent? <laughs> surprising is that parents are upset about the cussing when the subject matter of these films is pretty adult. And the first one, there's a conversation about suicide. Yeah, a guy jumps off a building. Yeah, to his my client death. didn't want to be saved. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. gee, I don't. You didn't save my life. You ruined my day. I have to explain suicide <laughs> to my children now. And there's there's a sex joke in the first one when he says like. Oh, it looks like you got busy. Remember when he has the whole oh, thing? Oh, yeah. And got busy. Busy. Yeah. And there's the whole <laughs> montage when uh, Mr. Incredible's getting his groove back. Oh, that's right. Like Stella. Yeah. And they're like reviving their sex life. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly implied that like. He's leaving and she can't stop Yeah, kissing. she keeps bringing him back into the house yeah. and pulling his tie and everything. And, yeah. Uh, the weirdest thing. It's just straight out, just raunchy. I cannot believe she pulled his tie. Ban this movie. <laughs> the weirdest thing is like the, it's so infuriating watching people be like, because the, the back and forth with Brad Bird is so many people are like, well, this is a kid's movie. And he's just trying to be like, kids can see this movie, but it, like it's not specifically for children. And everyone's like, well, there are action figures. Like, there and are it's action just, figures he's like just treading Jurassic water. Trying to be, yeah, it's just like, yeah. No. Like I it's it's honestly kind of part of it's not surprising cuz you just realize that people are not always collectively bright. Yeah. But then <laughs> the, the as a whole, you know. Not always. But uh sometimes you just you know, he's having to actually tell people things like they're like, "What? I can't believe you would have this in this movie. What am I supposed to do?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, you could not take your kids to see it if you don't want them to see it. <laughs> right. You could like check the rating. The rating says mild language if that's a problem. For, you know, like he's having to give them advice on yeah. how to make decisions about. And then all these people are getting in arguments in the Twitter conversation. Be like, you should do this. You should do that. And be like, it's it's not like it. Movies exist to cater to your every whim. So weird. And the expectations yeah, of parents. Like I couldn't do this with my kids or that with my kids because your movie has, you know, hell. And it was just like, and at one point, Brad Bird said, you know, just make a decision based on what your kids is acceptable for your kids. He's like, <laughs> Jaws is rated PG, but I wouldn't take my kids to see it or something like that. And you're like, that's fair, Brad Bird. Yeah, Thanks for reminding fair. us. There, are, Yeah, there are people going at him, too, that he made the villain too scary. And all the flashing lights were could potentially cause seizures. Epileptic yeah. fits. Yeah. That was a cool yeah. sequence. That was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot strobing. of flashing lights, though. Yeah. yeah. I did wonder about that. I was sitting there going, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> see people drop in the like, theater. I mean, I'm sure they must have tested that before it went the, live. Somebody told me that they actually went to a theater that had warnings. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, there was, a, there was a campaign to get people, to get theaters to put up warnings, but I, I didn't see one. Gracious. But the, that whole scene where she's going into the screen slaver's apartment... It's pretty scary. Moloch's apartment. Which yeah. is like Rorschach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a dark, creepy, scary scene with yeah, a lot and of he's like this creepy masked right. figure with a growling. So did she voice. tell him that she was putting this on him and he was gonna like turn into this thing? No, the screens are on the insides of the eyeballs. So if she can get the, the screen in front of the eyeballs, that's it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then what? Game like over. He, he just instantly becomes some guy that can fight off. No, she's Any just an automaton. All he did was swing a swing a crowbar at her or whatever, a shock prod or whatever he had. Shock prod? Yeah, pizza cattle boy prod. With the, the goggles? Should have yeah. been 
He didn't do anything amazing while he was in there. He didn't. No. Mm-hmm. He just kind of I mean, lurked around. He lurked around and he had a scary mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Incredibles too. You guys going to have to do any serious revisions to your Pixar list, or do you think it's just somewhere in there? I just throw it somewhere yeah. in the middle. It's fine. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. It's like it's kind of like some of the other sequels that have been out lately. I was like, that was fun. It was a good ride. Yeah. I would watch it again. I, would I certainly like, preferred it to Finding Dory as a sequel. It's a lot yeah. better than Finding Dory. Yeah. This movie enjoy. feels like it has a reason to exist. It, even if you think that the story is not as strong as the first one, it feels like there's a validity in telling the story. Mm-hmm. Finding Dory feels to me like there's there's nothing. They decided sequel first, and then they tried to come up with a reason for the sequel to right. exist. Her family. This movie <laughs> also gets me excited for uh, other Pixar movies because the action scenes were so great, and the animation and all just keeps getting... Bizarrely incredible, Amazing, incredible. Yeah. Josiah, as a fellow who keeps up with some things that have to do with Disney and Pixar, is there any kind of internal formulaic means by which Pixar decides or uh, neglects sequels, or is it just totally random at the mercy of filmmakers and writers? This is just John Laster controlling everything. Now that Not he's anymore. Out of, <laughs> now that he's, <laughs> he's out. Now that he's out of the picture. We're finally um, going to get what we want from Pixar. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, famously for a long time, they were like really anti-sequel and then they made Toy Story 2 and they were like, no, that, that'll be the only and one. Then and famously like, for a long time, that was their third movie. Well, yeah. But like people, I remember asking. They them, still they de-emphasized like, it after Toy Story yeah. 2. They were like, they were we're like, going to no, focus no, on like, original just, movies. Just this one, yeah. Um, and then they started making sequels like crazy to everything. Um, so who knows? I mean, this one did make a ton of money. Yeah, so. I, f- I feel like Disney's going to tell them make a third one. Yeah. So what Pixar movie would you guys like to see a sequel to that well, hasn't that, been that got yet? me thinking because Wally. some of them some of the in you know the world building seems like it's just more suitable for sequels like a movie like Toy Story you could tell a million different that's the reason they have those TV specials and they're not mm-hmm. bad like yeah, yeah. those are great they lend themselves to more and more storytelling and then others of them are actual like a filmmaker's movie they're just like real like Ratatouille is the kind of unique concept that doesn't necessarily lend itself to any more commentary or whatsoever. Good did you, did or the you good see dinosaur. Him, uh, he was joking, Brad Bird was joking back and forth with Patton Oswalt about uh, yeah. Ratatouille 2. And some lady, did you see her, he responded to her. She like posted this picture of her kids wearing like Ratatouille hats. And I'm like, we're so excited <laughs> for number two. And he had to like break the news publicly. Like, <laughs> it was just a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they, they, it makes you think like, man, it's interesting that Pixar has made yeah. choices that aren't necessarily or that clearly aren't compared like that must have been a weird sell having those conversations this is about this rat that's yeah. trying to realize his dreams <laughs> metaphor about creativity and but whereas other ones like toys come to life they're like cool we can sell toys yeah yeah kids have, will like it they like toys i feel like wally would have been the hardest one to sell you know i thought i thought the same thing about wally and its potential for sequels and then i rewatched it just in the last couple of weeks and realize that the ending credits, the, the end credit yeah. sequence is like the sequel. You're like, Such why are you doing this? Stop, yeah. stop, stop! <laughs> Just wait, let this be the movie. I've, here's here's my dark Pixar theory. If you do you remember the, I think it was the trailer for Wally where they're talking about how they had that meeting where they sat down in the yep. cafe and like we dreamed all these movies and like, oh, it was Toy Story and it was Monsters Inc. And I feel I feel like they've run out of those movies that they came out with during that meeting, and now it's just like. Well, let's make some more of what we already have. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get that they, napkin. They tap that napkin dry. <laughs> Maybe they should go get coffee again. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> just, a, just an empty seat for John Lasseter. 
I can't even Skype him in. He's in a sh- he's like the 2020 shadow with the voice. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what do they have coming? What's what what can we look forward to next? Toy Story 4? Yes, yeah, is just on a weird bungee jump of a we got it's, a, it's the Bill and Ted 3 of Pixar now. We got Coco. Oh, really? I didn't even yeah. realize it was back and forth. We Coco's got Pixar. Well, there was the whole yeah. thing where they were like making it, and then what's her Rashida Jones was like writing it, and it was going to be something, and then they like uh, stopped it, and they delayed it, and then like the director switched. So, who knows what's going on? I really liked Moana. That's well, not Pixar. That's not Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations. <laughs> yeah. But sure, Moana was a good. Yeah, good Moana was great. Yeah. It. Uh, it seems it's odd to me that sometimes Disney and Pixar both seem like totally prepared to milk some of their fran- like ideas for franchise potential. And then other times I'm sure there's a, like a well-publicized reason. It's like they made these movies that just uh, crank out cash and are wildly liked by everyone. And they're like, we'll see, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. frozen comes out. And for some reason that thing's this uh, hugest hit, everyone loves it. They go nuts over and they're like, so you're going to make another one. We'll see. Here's planes three. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Or Zootopia. It's like, Everyone loves it. It seems like you get way more mileage out of that concept and idea. They're like, everyone relax. We'll see what we can do. Meanwhile. I don't even know if Pixar, I feel like Toy Story 4 is announced. I don't know that they have any other movies in development. Well, yeah, Uh they had a a list of movies that they were going to release a while back. And it was Coco, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, um... And then wasn't there something else? Is it they have nothing? They've worked through the list already. Yeah, the list right yeah. now that they have working has Toy Story four set for twenty nineteen, um, and then they have count them five release dates set that are all TBAs. Oh, so wow. those so aren't going to say they're working on something. They just haven't. Yep, they have two the set for twenty twenty, uh, one set for twenty one, and then two set for twenty twenty two. Huh, that's interesting. They Excellent. got a new napkin, man. Yeah, must have been. That napkin's back. They had some. So. They had some internal strife to deal with. Man. <laughs> they had to flush some things out before they yeah. started making some more movies. John Lasseter's name won't be executive producer on everything anymore. It's up to what's his face now, Pete Doctor. What's his face? What can he do it? What's his face? <laughs> Show us what you got. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. What the heck did you think about Incredibles, the sequel? Leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com. Let us know where we went wrong and where you are going right, I guess. And we'll hop on there and argue with you because, you know, really the argument over movies is unending. It's like George Lucas, the great (laughs) Star Wars director, once said, movies are never finished, just abandoned. And similarly, arguments about movies are never finished, just abandoned. So don't abandon them. Go to uamovies.com and continue in the argument.